0: Okay, if you got your Bibles, um, it would be great if you could turn with me. Um, sorry, just one second. Uh, it would be great if you could turn me t- with me to Luke chapter three. So we've been looking over the um, last uh, few weeks during the summer when people are in and out and. And uh, we wanted to do a series that had lots of individual messages as opposed to something that built upon each uh, message each week because we realized that there's a little bit of inconsistency over the summer period. So we've got two more weeks left, uh, and we've been looking at this the impossible series how to do what is easier said than done. So we've looked at things like do not worry, resist the devil, love your enemies. And uh, today we're going to look at um, a little bit of an odd subject. We're going to look at Is God speaking to you, and how would you know if it's God or not? Um, So, uh, at Saints Church, there is a mixture of people from all sorts of different kind of backgrounds. Some people have come who've not been going to church. Uh, Some people have come from a Protestant, uh, evangelical background. Some people, the us, have come from a Catholic background. Um, I've come from a mixture, I'm kind of like a mongrel, Um, but I was brought up, or I became a Christian when I was 14 in a Pentecostal church. So I'm kind of used to this subject being taught a lot. My concern has been over the years is that uh, in my Pentecostal church upbringing, um, what I believe is that most churches, I think I've said this before, most churches have at least one nutter, at least one crazy person. Um, Please don't look around at this. street. We actually don't have one. I can't actually think of a church nutter at Saints Church, which says to me, we're still a plant church, we'll know we've arrived when we get our first nutter. That's my kind of way of thinking about this. But I would say, from experience base, that Pentecostal churches, the kind of churches I really like, have probably, on average, three times more nutters per square feet than most other churches. And that's because in Pentecostal churches, there's lots of space for people to say and do crazy things. And uh, I've had and seen some crazy things over the time. Uh, I've I've been in a church where I've had a lady come to me and ask me to, Um, cast out a demon from her husband because he wasn't going to bed and sleeping with her. I've had some really weird things. I've seen weird things. I've been in a church where I remember a preacher preaching and going, let me just stop. Sorry, one second. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I'll tell them. I'll tell them that, Lord. Yes. And they start preaching. Just crazy, weird, bizarre stuff. At the same time, I've served in a church where... Um, the church doesn't believe that God speaks to us today, that we just have the Word of God and the Holy Spirit can't speak to us directly. And that was in some ways tougher because I remember working with a lot of young people who were hungry for Jesus, hungry for Lord, hungry for that relationship with God, but I was kind of not allowed to really talk to them about how God can speak to us and how God can converse with us. So I have this kind of weird balance and today I want to look at that. I want to look at, does God speak to us today And if so, how do we know if it really is God or it's just imagination or something else? How would you be able to tell? So how can you tell if God is speaking to us? So um, often in the Greek there are at least two words that talk about God's Word, Logos and Rhema. You may be familiar with these. Uh, logos is often, often seen as the Word of God, as in the Bible, um, partly because people mistakenly think that Logos means the written word and Rhema means the spoken word. In reality, if you go to the core of these words, both mean spoken word. But logos means like a collection of sayings. So it does describe the word of God like the Bible. If you like, it's the standard truth for everybody. It's generic, it's for everybody. The word of God is for everybody. It's been said it's not going to change. And then there's Rema. And Rema is often seen as this um, individual word spoken about a specific theme or spoken to someone specifically. So I believe that God speaks to us through his word. He speaks to all of us. It's standard truth, if you like. But there are times when God specifically speaks to us and highlights things in his word, either when we're reading his word or sometimes through other people. So the question is. How do you know if what I'm saying is from God or not? Sometimes I'm reading out the Bible and you're thinking, well, that's obvious it's in the Bible. That's Logos. It's the Word of God. But sometimes I might be sharing things. How would you check? How would you know if it's not just my imagination? How would you know that? So let's look at that subject. So we're going to start by looking at what happened to Jesus at his baptism. So if you've got your Bibles, we're going to read together. Um, We're going to read from this uh, passage of Scripture in Luke 3, verse 21 and 22. 2. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased. So one of the questions that comes to me is why doesn't God speak to us like that? Wouldn't that be great? in my mind if you're walking along and then suddenly this audible voice comes from heaven buy more crayons or whatever it might be there's some kind of audible voice that speaks to you it would be kind of cool that it would make sense surely if that happened everybody would believe so why is that not happening it's interesting what the the, the jews believe about this so um that idea of an audible voice is what's called bat kol. Bat meaning um, daughter, so daughter of the voice. Ba, I'm sure you, most of you will know this. Ba means son of, so bar Timaeus means son of Timaeus. Ba mitzvah means son of commandments. Bat mitzvah is a daughter of commandments. So bat kol means a daughter of the voice, or as it can sometimes be called, the um, echo. Voice. What's interesting is in Jewish tradition, it says that God spoke this way when there were no prophets left. Let me just read something from Jewish tradition. After the death of Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi, the last of the prophets, the Holy Spirit ceased from Israel. Nevertheless, they received communication from God through the medium of Bat-Kol. The Jewish encyclopedia says this, the Holy Spirit rested upon the prophets and the intercourse was personal and intimate, while those that heard the back call stood in no relationship whatever to the Holy Spirit. Let me just decipher some of that. In other words, what the Jews believe is this, is that when God speaks audibly, excluding the example with Jesus, when God speaks orderly, it's normally to someone who's going the wrong way. It's normally to someone who doesn't have a strong relationship, usually, with God. But in actual fact, God wants us to have a relationship with Him, which means to have a relationship with each other. Because we are the body of Christ. So God chooses to speak through other people. God chooses to challenge us, encourage us to speak through other people. Which is interesting to me, because I would have thought it would be the opposite of that. In fact, you could say that back hole is God's last resort. God's last resort. So when I was younger, being a Pentecostal kid, got saved, became a Christian at 14, I thought the more spiritual I am, the more dramatic the signs will be. And I later found out as I matured, actually the more dramatic things happened when I was doing something naughty. Or actually, uh, when I was maturing in the things of God, God was speaking to me in less dramatic ways and through people. And uh, part of my understanding of following God is about being connected to people. So, what happens and how do you know if God is speaking through people? So I have what I call a, my tri- trilemma. A trilemma is a bit like a dilemma, but there are three things So a dilemma is, should I do this or should I do that? A trilemma is, is it this, is it this or is it that? So uh, probably the most famous religious trilemma uh, was what C.S. Lewis talked about, which is that Jesus was either mad, bad or God. Uh, C.S. Lewis taught that Jesus could not be just a nice person. He was either mad because he claimed to be God, bad because he manipulated people into thinking he was God, or he was actually God. You can't just think about Jesus, he was just a nice guy, he was encouraging people. He had to be mad, bad, or God. I have a different trilemma when it comes to how we hear God, and it goes something like this. When God's speaking to me, I ask the question, is it imagination, is it manipulation, or is it revelation? Is it imagination? Is it just me going a bit crazy or hearing things? Is it manipulation? Is someone trying to get me to do something they want me to do? Am I manipulating myself? Or is it actually God speaking to us? I'm gonna give a couple of examples of this, but I wanna talk about, and hopefully this is helpful to you, I wanna talk about what I've learned in my life. So I've been a Christian now for 40 years, following Jesus for most of those years. And there've been times where I felt God's spoken to me, There've times when I felt people try and manipulate me, and there's times when I'm pretty sure it's just my imagination. And here's what I've learned over those times. So the first one is imagination. So if somebody comes to you or I'm speaking something and it's just my imagination, or I don't know if it's ever happened to you, someone comes up to you, this happens to me a lot and say, hey, I just feel I was praying for you and I felt God would say this to you, or I just wanted to encourage you that you might want to think about doing this, or someone comes with a sense of they feel that God's prompted them to encourage you or challenge you or give you some kind of direction, one of my questions is, is it just their imagination? And how can I tell if it's just their imagination? It may not be harmful to me, but it might be a distraction to me. So how would I know? I know myself that I've sometimes come up with my own imagination. Sometimes I feel like God can speak to you. And one of the problems is when God speaks to you, you cannot, especially if it's kind of a little bit vague, you add, the nearest thing you know that looks like that and makes something else up. I remember many years ago, a lady saying to me, God's called me to work with a specific organization in Africa, we're going to Africa on Tuesday. She said, God um, spoke to me about going, working this, with this particular organization in Africa, and when I said to this person, that's interesting, how do you know you're supposed to go with that organization? She said to me, well, because I'm gonna work with young people in Africa, and I know that organization, so I'm gonna heal people uh, in Africa, and all that organisation does medical work in Africa. So clearly, God's called me to work with them. Well, the only problem with that is we kind of jump into conclusions. So how do we know if it's our imagination? How do you know if somebody's sharing something with us? That's our imagination. Here's the question I ask: Is this ambiguous, and can it be put to the test? Is this something that only God would know? So um, when we meet in our havreem in our Bible studies. Uh, in one of the levels, we have a time when quite often we'll just pray for people and I'll encourage people, hey, if you feel God put a, a verse of scripture or you feel God put an impression of something to pray for this person, pray for them. When people do that with me, this is one of the questions that comes to my mind. Is it ambiguous or is it something only God could know? So I'll give you a, a couple of examples of this. Um, I'll give you quite a dramatic example if you don't mind, just to blow your mind a little bit. Um, a friend of mine who's from uh, a place in the north of England is a pastor, and he was um, leading a service once, Pentecostal Church, lots of nutters, the leanest Pentecostal Church, and uh, in the service, um, what we've done in traditionally in Pentecostal churches is we've allowed people to come up and share if they feel that they've got a word to share with everybody, if they feel God's put something on their heart. So this lady gets up, and she says, pastor, I'd like, she comes to the front, she says, pastor, I'd like to just share a word, I feel like God's asked me to share something with the congregation, so says, get up sister, that's how we talk, get up sister, that means we forgot your name, get up sister, and, um, <laughs> and, and, and you share with the congregation what you feel, because this was, this was a more mature lady, quite a spiritual lady, she had a kind of good reputation in the church, and the lady simply said this, it's a true story, she said, so it's a little bit strange, but I feel God wants to say that God hates mummies and daddies, thank you pastor, She <laughs> sits down, I'm like mate what did you do, like thank you sir, okay let's worship quick Ryan get up, you know what do we do to, to cover that, she sits down and it's just like a weird atmosphere, people are like that's bizarre, so what happened is it was just really weird and we just moved on, she sat down and she said because she's normally a little spiritual mature lady but it's just bizarre, towards the end of the service while they're doing worship this young woman comes actually, sorry, not your young uh, a middle-aged woman, I should say, comes from the back and sits on the front row and starts crying, starts chatting to a couple of the elders. They take her out and go and pray with her. Here's what she told them. She said, when I was younger, I was sexually abused by my father. Nobody knows, not even my husband knows that. When he knocks on the door, when I was a child, he used to say, it's time to play mummies and daddies. That broke everything open for her. It was the first time she ever received counseling. It was the first time she ever received prayer. It was the first time she ever received any kind of help whatsoever because she'd never actually shared that with anyone ever before. That's pretty dramatic. And it's probably one of the most dramatic examples. But for me, there's nobody else who could have known that for that lady. And, and the, the courage of the woman to come and share that was incredible. For me, um, being involved in, in churches for many, many years, I've, I've heard so many things that are probably just people's imagination that the concern for me is it, it clouds when it really is something that God is saying. And, and I would encourage you that the Holy Spirit still speaks. And even if you've not been taught this, there may be times when God's dropped things on your heart to share with other people. What's interesting is the word of God tells us is those who are hearing it are the ones responsible to work out if this is God or not. So, I want to give you a couple more examples in a minute. Um, Could it be manipulation? Could it be manipulation? Um, So, um, I think I've told this story, so forgive me, but when I... um, I wanted to be a missionary when I was in my 20s, and I went to train, and when I came back to Manchester, um, I felt God wanted me to be working with young people in Manchester and I heard several things about that and uh, a lady in the church came up to me, forgive me if you've heard me tell this story, and she said to me, Paul, God's told me he's calling you to Zaire in Africa and um, I'm going to buy you the air ticket and um, I, I've got a lot of the other ladies in the church and we're going to be praying for you. Isn't that good news? I'm thinking, Not really. <laughs> Um, Because I don't think that's God, I think that's something else. Turned out a few years later, I found out from uh, her nephew, the lady's uh, passed away now, she's a lovely lady, uh, from a nephew that um, when she was younger, when she was in her 20s, she felt God called her to go to Zaire, but she refused to go. And then since then, apparently, according to the family, she's often tried to send other people to fill the gap that she should have filled. So, although it wasn't a, a harsh way, it was a form of manipulation. She was going to get me to do something that she wanted to do. I've seen it done before. I've seen people use this to be make themselves look really spiritual. I remember being in a meeting, a leader's meeting, where we were discussing someone in a church, and we said, hey, let's give them this opportunity to serve. Let's raise them up into this position. And about two days later, I was just chit-chatting with this person who didn't know we were going to ask them this. And one of the guys who was the leaders said to them, you know, I just am praying you, with you right now. I really feel that, you know, I just really feel right now that um, a new door is going to open up for you. And I'm thinking, well, you're just manipulating this woman right now because she knows, you know full well that we're about to give this person a position and you're pretending that you've heard from God. So sometimes uh, these things can be manipulation. Now I'm very aware in our congregation today, we've got people who've never heard people do this kind of stuff and others who probably have. Um, But I still think the principles work and help us all. Here's uh, one of the principles uh, that I've uh, learnt over the years to ask. Is this in line with what God has previously said? Is it a next step? When the lady said to me, you're going to go to Zaire, bear in mind this lady was the mother of both the pastor of the church and the guy who led me to Jesus she was like the most spiritual woman in the church. But when I asked the question, is what she's saying in line with what I know God has said to me previously, it wasn't. And I would encourage you, God God takes us in steps. God grows us in steps. So as we're reading the word of God and things are jumping out to us, God willing, I hope they are doing that, when you're reading the word of God on your own, um, and you're getting that sense of maybe God's saying this to me, maybe God's telling me to do that, I would encourage you that usually God is, is linear in that way. He, he builds step upon step, precept upon precept. So um, let me give you an example of this. Um, before we came to America, we moved to America about 13 years ago. We were leading a church in Manchester. We just won an award because the church had worked with an organ, other organization and a whole community had been changed and we won, a, won an award from the government for it. It was going well, uh, it was growing, it was exciting. And pays the, the missions organization I lead, was, was doing well as well. And suddenly got this opportunity to come to America. And um, the reason I got the opportunity was somebody basically said to me, if you come and teach us what you do in England, we'll give you a platform to reach the world. And I wasn't sure what to do. It was really hard. All my friends were in the church. The church was growing. It was in a very needy area of Manchester. But at the same time, we had this opportunity to reach the world through the missions organization. And um, one day... I was praying and thinking, I, I just basically said, "Lord, I don't know, I don't know which one's my favorite. I, I think it might be pays, but I don't know which one I should do. If we go to, if we go to America, it's gonna be really tough because they don't do schools work the way we do it. It's gonna be really hard. I don't know what to do, Lord. That week, I went to an evening service and a lady came up to me. She said, Paul, um, I just have this, this weird thing I wanna tell you. She said, but I, I was praying for you today and I felt God put on my, my heart this, this, this word for you. It's a language we use in Pentecostal churches. And she said this, Lord would say to you, pick your favorite flower and plant it in a place where it would not normally flourish. Which I took pays America. And that was one of the key things that, that made a difference. Uh, this morning, our youngest son arrived from Berlin. He lives in, he lives in Germany. Um, around the same time, um, he was upstairs one day, brushing his teeth, probably about eight or nine years old, brushing his teeth. And uh, he ran downstairs, he knew we were going on holiday to America, but he didn't know why, didn't know we were thinking of moving or anything, he just knew we were going on holiday. And he came down and he said, hey, Mum, dad, I've just been brushing my teeth and God's told me I'm gonna be a worship leader in America. Really weird. But all these things kind of fit in line together. Does that make sense? There was a sense of a continuation. So is it imagination? Is it manipulation? Hopefully these, um, these questions may, may help you. What about if it's revelation? What if God is really speaking to you? What if God is, is giving you the word of God, truth, but then there are certain things he just really wants to encourage you or speak to you about? How would you know that? How would you really understand it? Well, let me ask this question. Does this fit into God's word? Uh, here's why I was taught. One of the best pieces of advice I was ever given in a Pentecostal church was this. The Holy Spirit will never lead you to break God's word or your word. The Holy Spirit will never lead you to break God's word or your word. That was one of the best pieces of advice I've ever got in my life, ever. Um, It's interesting in our world today, so much emphasis is put on follow your heart. You notice that? Does it? Does it feel right? Follow your heart. Which is interesting because the word of God says whatever you do, don't do that. The word of God says that the heart is is um, a dece- It deceives us. Our heart says in Jeremiah, Jeremiah, our heart. What is more deceitful than our heart? Because our feelings can lead us to, to do all sorts of different things. The Bible says to know what God's will is you have to allow your mind to be transformed by his word. It says that in Romans. So if the Holy Spirit is speaking to us, we have to ask this question, does this fit into God's word? In other words, will his Rema word must never break his Logos word? What's interesting about Rema is the first time it appears written that way in the New Testament. Guess who uses Rema, The devil. With Jesus when Jesus is praying and fasting so not everything you hear is from Lord and the way we test that is does it fit into his word and then we ask to ask the question what do we do what do you do so here's a question I like to ask I've, I've preached this once before I'd like to ask this question if it is God wow if God chooses to speak to us directly through his word, something jumped out to us. Or, through, Wow, surely we have to do absolutely everything we possibly can to do that. Many years ago, um, I felt, and maybe it's just my personality, but many years ago, somebody came to me. I was doing schools work in, in the city of Manchester, and somebody came to me and said, I believe God says, this is my mind, the way my mind works, I believe God says, God will give you everywhere you step. So what they were basically saying was, Essentially, God's going to help you. God's going to have his hand on this. And wherever you go, God's going to bless you. But I'm thinking, you know what? I'm going to take that literally. So I walk across England. Because in my mind, I'm thinking, if it is God, you've got to absolutely throw yourself into this, surely. If it is God. If it's imagination, that's one thing. If it's manipulation, it's something else. But if it's truly God speaking to us, what would, what would happen if we, don't, if we ignore that? It would be an amazing thing if God is speaking to us, and we need to do that. Uh, Many years ago, I felt a word that was really helpful to me, which was um, I've been going around sharing about what we do using just common sense and statistics. These are all the young people we're reaching. They're they're really open to the word of God at this age. Look how many people become Christians when they're teenagers. It makes common sense. Nobody really supported or really gave that much. And then a couple of times, people said something very different, which I, I won't go into now, but they basically said, as you get the teaching out beyond pays, the resources will come in. And from that, I thought, well, how do I do that to the most? I'm going to write books. So I've written five books. Yesterday, I got an email from um, uh, Europe to say that um, a European media company wants to publish five of my books in Europe, which is great. Uh, and just seeing how God has his hand on us as we're obedient with the things he specifically says to us. The more specific something is, the more dynamic it is. If you're ever encouraging someone, don't just say, you look nice. Tell them why they look nice. If you're ever encouraging someone, don't just say, I really like you, or you're amazing, or you're awesome. Don't say that, okay? Tell them specifically what it is about them that's so awesome. It's going to be a lot more effective. When God speaks to us specifically, it's incredibly dynamic, and it's incredibly powerful. Ignoring God is a dangerous business, I think. Um, I'll finish with um, I've got two stories, but let me finish with my pun- penultimate story. I once got kidnapped in Germany. It's a bit dramatic, I'll explain. Just wanted to get your attention. Uh, but I was in Germany, I was speaking at an organization, and as I was speaking at this organization, um, these two German guys came in at the back. And as they came in at the back, they talked to the guy who'd organized my speaking uh, appointment, and he came to me and he said, um, These two guys are from a particular organization, and uh, they feel Look, God told them to travel hundreds of miles from a different part of Germany because you have got the answer to their problem. I'm like, okay. And they want to take you through the night from northern Germany to central Germany. Can they take you tonight? I said, well, okay, fair enough. As long as they get me on my plane, I get home. That's fine. So literally for hours and hours, I went to sleep. I, I still to this day, I don't know where in Germany I ended up, but I was somewhere in the middle of Germany. And... uh they fed me and they watered me and got to bed. The next morning they got up and they said, can you tell your story first, Paul? So I told my story. He said, well, Paul, um, this, our organization has been um, reaching into local schools and we're really struggling discipling young people and we don't know what to do next. And, and we felt that God told us that you had the answer to that and that's why we've traveled all the th- hundreds of miles and then brought you back hundreds of miles. So can you tell us what you think the answer to this problem is? And the reality is, I knew exactly what the answer was because we did that all the time in England. I said, yeah, do you, do you partner with churches? Because we partner with churches and that's how we're able to disciple people. And this is what they said to me. No, we don't believe in partnering with churches. I went, okay, well, maybe that's what you should do. And, yeah, we don't believe in that. But you've just, you've just traveled hundreds of miles to get me, bring me hundreds of miles back because you think I've got the answer to your problem. And now you're saying, yeah, we just don't want to do that. Um. The word of God says this uh, in James 1, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Uh, Not long later, that guy apparently had some kind of breakdown. And I think sometimes we have to understand that when God speaks to us, it's important that we hear what God is saying. There may be times when God is speaking to you and putting something on your heart. Can I encourage you to respond? And finally, can I just encourage you to listen? Revelation 3 verse 20 says, If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in, to him and dine with him and he will be with me and um, in a few minutes I'm going to mention um an event we've got coming up uh, we're going to bring a friend of mine called Mark who uh um, is a comedian in Britain and he speaks in some amazing places and uh a hilarious guy you'll absolutely love him we're gonna have a comedy show I'll give you the facts in a minute this guy absolutely loves Jesus he's an evangelist at heart and one day he was in a conference and um uh, after, after he spoke uh, at this conference, I can't remember what he spoke about, but after he spoke at conference, this guy came up to him, tears in his eyes. He said, Mark, I just need to talk to you for a minute. I just need to tell you what's just happened, the major things just happened in, in my marriage. He said, What? He said, Well, when I sat down to listen to you, I took my coat off, and when I took my coat off, I, I accidentally butt dialed my wife. He said, Now, the reason my wife's not here is we lost a child about a year ago. And uh, since then, it's broken up our marriage. And uh, we have not separated, but it's really, really hurt us. And she can't bear to go to church. She can't listen to, to the Lord. And it's separating us. Because I'm finding strength in God, and she's found it very difficult. And she's gone the opposite way. So I took my coat off. I butt dialed her. She answered the phone. And she realized I'd been butt down, and she tried to turn the phone off. But well, she couldn't. She thought, it was going to cost a fortune, and I may as well listen. And he said, what you said was exactly what she's been saying and answering the exact questions that she's been having. And she just came to tears, got right with the Lord, eventually phoned me back and told me that. Thank you so much. here's, Here's what I got from that story. God will do anything to speak to us and encourage us and touch us. The question is, will we hear his voice? And we'll be open. So I'm not sure what your background is. I'm not sure what your denomination is. I'm not sure what you've been taught about these things. All the leaders away, apart from how it's I get to say what I want to say this morning, which is kind of cool. Um, but I would encourage you this morning that God's got things to, to share with us. God's got things to put on her heart. I love that April, that God put that on her heart. Now, whether it was very mystical or just probably just straightforward, God put it on her heart. So what's God saying to you? What are the, what are some of the specific things that God wants to encourage you in? What are some of the specific things that God wants to uh, motivate you to do and bring to the body or bring to our community? There will be something. God has his logos, the stuff that's for all of us to, to understand and obey. And then there are some specific things that God has for each and every one of us. And as we grab hold of them and as we obey those things, I want to encourage you that it becomes incredibly dynamic. It will dynamically affect your relationship with him and it will dynamically affect who you can be and what you can do for him as well. So let's just close our eyes. We're going to pray and we're going to ponder on those things. I'm going to ask Ryan just to come and something that's coming up in the next few weeks. But let me just pray as Ryan comes up. Well, I know this morning this will have been a um, a strange message for some of us. The idea that you, yes, Lord, you speak to us through your word, but you speak to us um, through your spirit and you speak to us through other people. I know that will sound strange to some of us, but Lord, I pray that you would just give us all that. think about in the heart to hear what you would say to us. Lord, I, I think about this lady, I thank you for the lady who had kind of shut you out, but you broke into her life uh, just through a phone call that she wasn't expecting. And Lord, we just pray right now that you would just break into our lives, you would speak to us. Um, God, I pray right now that there may be people that you're just beginning to put some kind of vision on their hearts. Maybe, Lord, their complaint is going to be their call. Maybe, Lord, this morning there there are some people who are just going to rise to a challenge that you give them that's very specific. And I pray that none of us would um, block you out. I pray that if any of us, really believe that you've spoken to us, that we would go 100% wholeheartedly for that thing and we would obey you. But we thank you, Lord, that faith pleases you. And we pray that we will be a faithful people this morning. Help us to navigate, Lord, all the different messages that are coming to us throughout the world to hear what you are saying to us specifically. In your name we ask it, Lord. Amen.